Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. What's up, guys? How are y'all? I'm not bald. Um, my name is not Cody. Um, my name is Josh. I am the student pastor here. Normally I do announcements, but every once in a while, um, Cody will let me get up here and talk about something. So um, this is a special occasion for me um, because I'm the student pastor, and um, graduation just happened for a lot of um, my seniors. So Cody's like, hey, you want to talk? And I'm like, always. Um, so I am here. Thanks so much for being here with us on this Sunday. Um, so I, I don't know if you know this about me, but um, I am a sucker for a good story. Um, I get up here and I talk about movies almost every time um, that I'm here. Reason why is because I don't watch a ton of movies, but when I do, um, I pick the good ones. You know what I mean? Like, like the epic stories that exist. And I started to know something, uh, notice something as I looked at all these stories. Um, have you ever noticed that in every story, there seems to be an old guy with a beard and a young guy with, uh, like, shaggy hair that covers his ears. Um, maybe you don't believe me. Um, I'll show you three of my favorite. Um, so, uh, Gandalf and Frodo, right? So, Gandalf and Frodo, long, like, long beard, right? Old guy, super wise guy, um, with Frodo, hair over his ears, right? Um, Harry Potter, right? Same thing. Same thing going on. You've got um, Dumbledore and Harry Potter. It's old guy, beard, long hair, dude in Harry Potter, hair over his ears, right? And then, well, depending on what movie you watch, but we won't go there. Um, and then you've got Star Wars, right? Like, these are the most epic trilogies that exist. Well, I mean, Harry Potter, that's like eight movies or something. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like, series of movies, these epic stories. And the last one... Can't forget about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker, right? Like, Obi-Wan just came out. If you don't know about Disney+, Plus, like, go check it out. It's pretty sweet. Um, it's, it's awesome. I like it so far. So, um, But yeah, again, Luke Skywalker, hair over his ears, right? Like, it's this always this picture of an old wise man who is pouring into a younger person. And they're starting to learn this. And I think what Hollywood has picked up on is... We learn best from people who know how, right? We learn best from people with experience, that we are meant to live our lives and have people that actually come alongside us who know what they're doing to influence us who have no idea what we're doing, right? I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel that way a lot where I'm like, I have no clue how to live my life. I have no clue about what's going on, and I need some older people who know how to do life when I don't know how to do it. I need somebody to be pouring into me because I, honestly, guys, a lot of times I'm faking it till I make it. That's just what's true. Like, I'm just trying to figure out the next step. Um, and I, I don't think this is just true about movies. I think this is true about life across the board, Right? Um, so my, I have this friend, um, his name is Josh. Um, Josh is, I guess, probably about um, close to 10 years older than me. 
Um, but whenever I was in high school, it was my sophomore year of high school, I played first base um, on the baseball team. Um, I don't have a strong arm, never have. Honestly, wasn't that good at baseball, um, but loved playing baseball. And Josh came alongside me, and he had played baseball before I played baseball, and he taught me how to play first base. And one of the important things about first base is you have to learn how to stretch, okay? So what he did is he said, okay, there's like, we're going to act like this is the base right here. So when you place first base, if you don't know this, I'm getting a little in the weeds here, but go with me. Um, you don't stand on the base, because what's going to happen is somebody is going to come by and they're going to clip your heel and they'll take out your Achilles, okay? So you don't do that. What you do is you back your feet up to the base, okay? And then when you go to stretch, you stretch out so with your glove side hand so that it's furthest away, right? So all this stuff that I'm figuring out from Josh that I'm like, this is amazing, like, change the way that I play first base so that I'm not like getting stepped on the whole time because that was like my life up until Josh told me this. He's like, hey, don't step on the base. Like you're going to get hurt really bad. Um, and so I learned from somebody who knew how to do this. Um, but what's also true of, um, of Josh is he was a young life leader. Um, if you don't know what Young Life is, it's a parachurch organization um, that works with high school students. And Josh started to develop a relationship with me as a sophomore, and he started to talk to me and, and really um, kind of pour into me there. But I didn't really know Josh as a Young Life leader until I became a junior in high school. And then I went to Young Life, and I saw this dude who taught me how to play first base talking about Jesus up in front of a bunch of high school students. And there was something about that relationship that I had developed with him on the baseball field that now I started to listen to him as he started to talk about Jesus because he had poured into my life because it was this wiser, older man. He wasn't old, but he didn't have a beard. He wasn't gray-haired with long, you know, like all those pictures. But it was this person who was pouring into me, and because he had poured into me, I started hearing what he was saying about Jesus. And I think that we have this responsibility to teach the next generation. Um, Cody's been talking about Elijah over these last couple of weeks and how every time Elijah showed up on the scene, he was influencing the people around him so that they might follow God. He actually said this. Uh, he said, your life has extreme influence on those around you. And if that's true, it's also not only true about the people that you surround yourself with at work or your neighbors, your coworkers, your family. But it's also true that we have a responsibility as the church to influence the next generation for Jesus. And that's where we're going today. We're going to talk about what it looks like to influence the next generation for Jesus. Um, and we actually have a really good example of this. Um, so there's this guy named Paul. Maybe you've been around church for a while and you're like, yeah, duh, Josh, you wrote like half the New Testament. Um, if you haven't been to church, um, know that there's this guy who used to be like a persecutor of the church. His name was Saul back then. God changed him, transformed him, and all of the passion and zeal that he had against the church, God changed his heart, and he started to walk with Jesus so that all that passion and zeal was now influencing and working for the kingdom of God instead of against it. Okay, so that's this dude, Paul. 
And Paul started to develop churches all over the Mediterranean Sea. See, it started off in Israel and then started to move. And you see, if you follow the journey of Paul through Acts, you'll see that he's got all these travels that go all across the Mediterranean Sea. And not only that, but he's putting people in place in each one of these church locations that are influencing that whole area. And so Paul starts to write letters to these churches and also to these individuals that are all over the Mediterranean. And one of these people that Paul has a direct influence on is this guy named Timothy. So that's what we're going to talk about today is Paul and Timothy. And Paul models this view of what it looks like to influence the next generation for Jesus through his relationship with Timothy. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. So I'm going to read that real quick. And then we'll keep going. So, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So, Paul starts this off with just that first part. You then, my son that there has been this relationship development that has been happening between Paul and Timothy, and I don't want to rush past that, that there has been this process over time that Paul has been pouring into this relationship with Timothy, and that's so important that we have this relationship established with the next generation, that we are showing up in the lives of students. Um, the founder of Young Life, I was a Young Life leader for years, uh, but the founder of Young Life is this guy named Jim Rayburn, and one of his most famous say sayings was, win the right to be heard. We need to win the right to be heard in the next generation. That as I show up, as I continue to pour in, as I continue to go to football games, go to baseball games, just show up in the lives of students, whether it's here on a Wednesday night or whether it's wherever they're at, at their schools, at their plays, at their choir concerts, that we are actively showing up. And you see this relationship between Paul and Timothy has developed to such a place that he's now calling him, no, now you're my son. We have this close, intentional relationship. And a part of that intentional relationship is that you see little things, as Paul writes, that, like, Paul cares about Timothy in his stomach. Like, Timothy's got this, like, ailment, and Paul goes, no, you need to, you need to take a little bit of wine because that's going to help your stomach, right? That there are, there are these good things that Paul knows about Timothy that nobody else really knows, he writes those little details in there. I think it's awesome just to see their relationship. But we need somebody to be authentic with. We need somebody to be authentic with. We have to have those people that exist within our own lives, right? Every one of us needs a Paul in our own lives. We need to have people who are pouring into us. And that as we start to develop that relationship, that there's authenticity there. And that authenticity actually breeds vulnerability. And that vulnerability will bring us to a place where we start to talk about the real things that exist within our lives. And we need this. We need this as Christians. We can't, we can't just show up here on a Sunday and act like this is our whole lives. Because let's be honest, it's not. This isn't life. You come here for an hour on Sundays. It can propel you 
to see Jesus move in your life outside of here. But an hour on Sunday is not enough. We need people who are constantly pouring into our lives so that our lives might be transformed by Jesus. We need somebody to be authentic with. And I think in that, it's not just authenticity, right? It's not just, I I just want to be real with somebody. But we also need the second part, which says, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That I'm actually not just strong, I'm not being encouraged by this person to be a good person, right? It's not this self-help thing. It's not just be strong, it's be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, right? That you need somebody who is encouraging you, but they're not just encouraging you to just like build you up, it's encouraging you that they'll point you back to Jesus, that they will bring you back into closer relationship with Jesus. So you need to follow someone who will help you follow Jesus more. Right? You need to get your Paul, and that person needs to actually direct you back to Jesus. That it should be this process of them going, no, 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 you're doing a great job. Let's talk about life. Let's, let's go to the vulnerable place. But I'm going to take this, and I'm going to direct you in how to use that so that you can actually see where God is moving in your life. That things actually change when God shows up on your scene. That you'll start to see the world around you as God is moving in the world. And you will actually be in this place of like, okay, now I'm seeing where God's moving because this person has had an influence on my life. Um, I think it's extremely important to know that um, you can't just follow anybody People follow a lot of people on Instagram that say a lot of nice things, right? Like it happens all the time. You, you can't just follow anybody. You got to follow somebody. And when I, I don't mean Instagram, I mean actually following somebody. You need to follow somebody with integrity and character. You need to see godliness exist within this person's life. You need to find somebody who is actually walking after Jesus. And when you see it, it was obvious with Josh. Like, the way he talked about Jesus was like, man, I don't talk about Jesus like that. Like, I don't follow Jesus like that. I don't, I don't do Christianity like that, but I want to. I was like, that's a person that I want to be like. And that's, I think, the first sign of like, who, do I, who is my Paul? Who do I need to be following? Is you look at that person and you go, the way that they live their life with Jesus is different how I live mine, and I want to do that. Whatever they're doing, I want to do that. And you just go start to be around that person. Like, you would engage with that person and say, hey, the way you do this is different than the way that I do this. Can you, can you tell me how to do that? I think this is a place where we need to really look at, um, okay, how do we do this within the church, right? What does this look like overall corporate, corporately? Am I, am I saying that... Um, Everybody needs to find one singular person. Maybe. Maybe you're ready for that. Maybe you need to find a mentor. Maybe you need to find that one person. Maybe you just need to get into a group and find some people that you can learn to be authentic with. Now, we got groups that are starting up in fall. Um, Start to think about, hey, where's my place to engage here at River Valley? Do I want to be a part of the ladies' Bible study, men's Bible study? Do I want to get involved in a CG? What does it look like? 
So start to think about that over the summer and say, where do I need to plug in here so that I can build that authenticity that exists here? And I guarantee you what will happen is as you see people that exist here, you will go, they talk about Jesus way different than I talk about Jesus. They do Christianity way different than I do Christianity, and the way that they do it is better. Let me follow that person. Let me, let me make that person my Paul. And I think as we do that, I think you'll start to see your own life be transformed just by being around your Paul. Um, and then after that, it, Paul says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses— and trust to reliable people. See, Paul um, is saying, okay, Paul, I mean, Timothy, the way that I poured into you, right, I want you to start doing that with other people. The way that I've poured into you, now go and influence people around you. Find reliable men, find people who are running after Jesus, and start to influence them so that they start walking with Jesus the way I've taught you to walk with Jesus, Right? Um, so, the way I've heard this best described is be a conduit, not a cul-de-sac. So, what's the difference between those two, right? Um, be a conduit. So, a conduit would be like either water or electricity flows through something, right? That we are a vessel through which God's love is supposed to flow. That someone pours into me and then I pour into someone else. That there is this transference of God's love into my own heart and into other people. Not a cul-de-sac. I think you guys know what a cul-de-sac. I live on a cul-de-sac, right? You go into my thing, you got to circle back around and go back out, right? And I think so many times in our lives, we get stuck in this rut in Christianity because we're not seeing God really move because we've become this cul-de-sac of God's love. We've become this place of just like, oh, I show up on a Sunday or I go to group, which is a good thing. I just told you you need to go, right? So it's a good thing, but that's all we've done. We've gotten to this place that it's simply I show up and I'm poured into. I'm show up and I'm, the phrase that a lot of church people use is I'm, I'm being fed here, Right? I would say that that's not our mission. That's not what Paul says, is that there is a time and there is a place in which we need to be fed, but there's also a place for Christians that we need to be pouring out, that we need to invest in the next generation. Um, so this is the point where I think a lot of you are um, going to go, all right, Josh, I was cool up until this point. Um, you, this whole conduit thing, I'm not down with that, right? Like, I... I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Like, like, you're talking about going out and teaching somebody. Like, I don't know if I'm good enough for that. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. Um, I, don't, I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know if I've experienced enough. Maybe I've experienced too much. Um, like, if you knew my past, like, there's all kinds of things that people start saying at this moment. Um, so, what I want to present to you is the case of Tony Romo. Um, the case of Tony Romo. Um, I will admit to you, I am a lifelong Dallas Cowboy fan. I have been since I grew up. Um, I grew up, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yes, uh, love the Dallas Cowboys, have always loved the Dallas Cowboys, and will love the Dallas Cowboys until I die, even if we don't get another Super Bowl. Um, so with Tony Romo, um, Tony Romo, man, he, uh, 
Love that dude. Um, Eastern Illinois, you know, undrafted free agent. Like, like came up from the bottom, now we're here. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's this beautiful story about how, like, perseverance leads you to a place where you're starting for the Dallas Cowboys, right? Um, But Tony Romo is not the best quarterback that's ever played. He's not. I mean, he's just, he's not even the best one. He's not even probably top five of his generation. I, I gotta be honest, right? That hurts to say as a Dallas Cowboy fan. Like, it hurts my feelings, right? But he's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. He doesn't have as many rings as Eli Manning. Oh, it hurts my feelings. It hurts my feelings. Um, but Tony Romo does this thing um, where whenever he retired, Dak Prescott took, took over. If you don't know football, I'm sorry. I'm going down that road. Um, but what happened is he went into the booth, right? And if you've ever seen Tony Romo on CBS and you hear him talk, again, this is Tony Romo. He is not the best person of his generation, Right? You ever heard Tony Romo in the booth? Tony Romo is a boss in the booth. Tony Romo starts calling plays before, just based on the defense that he sees, and he starts calling plays before the plays exist. He's like, he's like a prophet on the football field, right? Like, he's like calling plays, and that's exactly what they run. Like, he's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, Tony, if you're so good at this, how come you weren't good on the field? Like, what's happening here, right? Um, but I think that What's true about Tony is that as I listen to him talk on CBS, man, he knows so much more than me, even though he wasn't the best. Guy, he's able to pour truth into, like, this situation, even though he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, right? I think if you look at all commentators across the board, you very rarely see the best in the booth. It's just true, right? But they have so much more information than what we have. And when they pour those little nuggets in there, this is what John Madden was good at. John Madden used to circle things, right? Boom, right? Um, And he would just talk about, like, what is football and how does it all work together? And I think this is true of Christianity as well, that you don't have to be the best. You don't have to have it all figured out. But you've got some experience, whether it's life experience or whether it's you've read the Bible a couple of times, you've got some experience that your job is not to say, I've got it all figured out. Your job is simply to pour into the next generation what you've learned. Your job is to say, no, God has poured something into me. My job is now to pour out. Um, I think that in this, what happens as we start to see this, I'll tell you right now, if you're like, Josh, I got, I got nowhere to do this at. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Um, there are places that exist here within River Valley that you can pour into the next generation. But what Paul says here is that you're not just going to pour into the next generation, but you're actually going to teach them how to teach, right? That's what he says. Who will also be qualified to teach others that it's not just this place of, okay, I've taught them now how to be consumers of what's happening, but it's this place of, okay, Paul is teaching Timothy, and Timothy is teaching reliable men, and the reliable men are teaching others, right? So it's this exponential growth that exists across Paul's ministry, that it's Paul teaching Timothy, teaching reliable men, teaching others. 
and you just see the gospel explode. You just see Jesus all over the place. And actually, at the end of 2 Timothy, you see Paul, where he's got Crescens in, uh, in Galatia. He's got Titus in Dalmatia. He's got Tychicus in Ephesus. In every church across the Mediterranean, Paul is going, I got dudes there, I got dudes there, I got dudes there, I got dudes there. And it's this beautiful picture of how I think we're supposed to exist within the church. I want to live my life in such a way that when I'm ready to move on to go to heaven, Lord willing, I mean, like, I hope Jesus comes back, like, now, right? But if he doesn't, and I make it to the age of, in my 70s, 80s, I want to have 20 and 30-year-olds who are carrying my coffin. Why? Because I poured into the next generation. I'm moving on to a different season. I'm not going to be the student pastor here for forever, right? We're looking for a new student pastor. That's where we're at right now. I'm going to be moving into a group's role. I don't want to stop pouring into the next generation. That's not who I am. It's not who we're supposed to be as Christians. I want to be constantly pouring into the next generation so that I can be influencing reliable men so that they might teach others. And I think we've got a responsibility to do this across the board. And so I've got two things that I really want you to do. I want you to find your Paul, and I want you to be a Paul to others. That you would have a place that you're engaging, you would have a place that someone is pouring into you, whether that's in a group, whether that's in a mentor role, that you would be pouring into so that you might pour out into others. It's so that you would become a conduit of God's love. You don't have to have it all figured out. My own story is that um, I had somebody show up and just say, hey, you want to just start showing up on a Wednesday night? You don't have to have it figured all out. You don't have to know every, the answer to every question. When a kid comes up to you and goes, why do evil things exist? If there's a good God, why do evil things exist? Do you have to have the answer to that question? No, you don't. You know what you need to do? You need to show up in their life. You need to be consistent. There's research from uh, Orange Curriculum, which is what we use for kids, that says in order for a child or a student to not walk away from their faith whenever they graduate from high school, they need five adults, five adults to influence their life for Jesus. That means the mom and the dad ain't enough. They might have a teacher that's three, but we got to find another two. And if that's our role, if students are graduating over the last couple of days, and our role is so that they might walk with Jesus when they leave out these doors, then we've got a responsibility to find those other two people who are pouring into their lives. That's what we're trying to do. And you've got a responsibility as a follower of Jesus to do that. Now, I would say that's not everybody here, right? Some of, some of you are saying, okay, Josh, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus yet. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, you're talking about pouring in the next generation for Jesus. Like, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. So, like, if that's you, if that's your place, man, find yourself a Paul. 
Find that place that you can plug in at. Start to think about groups. Start to think about where, like, I see somebody who is following Jesus, running after him. Like, how do I start to walk after that person? You start to think about that. But if you have been coming for a while, if you've been engaged in a group for a while, if you've been around Christianity for a portion of your life, there is experience that you need to pour into the next generation. You have a responsibility as a Christian to pour into the next generation. And we've got a couple different ways you can do that. So I'm going to put this up on the board. I want you to go ahead and pull out your phones now. Go to myrivervalley.church slash serve. And what you'll see on that is you'll see a little link that you can click on that's a form to fill out. And go fill it out. And on it, there's going to be three spots that I really want to talk about. There's one for River Valley kids, there's one for River Valley students, and there's one to be a group leader. If you're feeling like God called you to this, and that should be every Christian that exists within this room. If God has called you to be a Christian, to follow him, then you need a place that you're pouring out into the next generation. So you need to do one of those three things. Either say, I'm going to pour into the next generation through kids, through students, or I'm going to do it through groups. And that, guys, I, I can't tell you how much of a blessing it is to serve in that way. How much of a blessing it is to influence the next generation. Um, I would say that, man, I, I thought when I first started volunteering, um, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe more, um, I was like, man, like I'm going to spend so much time doing this. Like I'm going to be pouring out so much, right? I had no idea how much my own faith would grow how much I would see students come to follow Jesus. I would get to baptize students. I would find an own, my own calling that exists within the church. Some of you might be called to be pastors. Others of you, you're like, nah, that ain't me. That's okay. But God might have a calling on you for this portion to say, no, I'm going to influence the next generation for Jesus. And it'll make the biggest difference in your life, guys. So would you do that? Would you fill out that little contact form? Somebody will reach out to you this week so we can do it. Ben's actually going to have an announcement later. I need two leaders for our mission trip. Would love to talk to you about that. But you find your place. You find what's right for you. You find out how you're going to pour into the next generation. Maybe you're called to be a mentor to somebody else. Do that. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that you would allow us to see where you want us to pour into the next generation. God, I know that there are group leaders here that are looking how to do that within this church body. God, that there are future group leaders that need to step up. God, that there are student leaders who are just waiting for somebody to ask. God, I pray that you would allow them to have the bravery to fill out that form. 
God, I pray for kids leaders who show up consistently here on a Sunday so that they're pouring into the lives of the next generation over in RV Kids. I pray that each one of us would find our Paul and that we would be a Paul to others. God, and that as you do that, I know that you'll transform hearts. God, I I pray in anticipation of that day, I pray in faith that you would bring people around, not so that we can fill up our volunteers. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm talking about how lives will be changed across Bastrop County, across Texas, across the United States, and across the world. Because people are pouring into the next generation for Jesus. That lives will be changed and communities will be transformed. Because you're working in people. God, we love you and we thank you. It's in your wonderful and mighty name I pray. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.